okay. Jesus didn't have a problem with children. In fact, he said, let them come. And I want our kids to experience what God does. I don't like segregating them all the time. I understand, practically speaking, sometimes it works. But if our children never touch and see and experience the move of God, we're missing something. If you're in Mark chapter 10, this verse jumped at me this week. I've been reading through Mark verse 35. Now, I want you to be bold. I want you to go beyond what you think and think larger. And in verse 35, he says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, and they said, and listen to what they said. This jumped out on the page, and it slapped me across the face. This is how they approached Jesus. And Jesus is here right now. The Holy Spirit is here right now. He is moving, and I believe he wants to grant you some of the desires of your heart while we speak. And this is what James and John, they get together. And I don't think it's just James and John that had this idea. They were just the ones, the first ones to ask. Because if you read on, you find out the other disciples were a little upset. Because they got the question before the other disciples did. Have you ever with a group of kids, the first one that asks the question, everybody's upset, but it's usually the first one that breaks through? And everybody goes, oh, I should have just had enough courage to ask that question. This is what they asked of Jesus. They said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Can you imagine having that kind of relationship with Jesus that you could walk to him and say, I want you to do what I ask. They weren't saying, Jesus, make us more like you. Make, they said, you, I want you to give us what we ask. That struck me. Now, I know protocol. And I understand approaching the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is a very awesome and humbling experience. But I believe there are times when the kingdom is here and the kingdom is open and the kingdom is stand, or the king is standing there and you can see it in the Old Testament where he extends his scepter and he says, what do you want up to half of my kingdom? And this morning I believe God is here and he is saying, what do you want? What do you want? And you know what they wanted? They just wanted to be the ones of recognition to sit on his right hand and on his left hand. They didn't have, they didn't have oh Lord, we'd like to do more miracles. We want, they, what is that? You, 
I had this guy, I was talking to him, and I said, write down some of your thoughts and your goals. And as he's thinking, he says, well, what if they don't include Jesus? And I said, write them down anyways. Because I believe everything you do includes Jesus. And he may not be spelt in every word, but he's seen in every action. And this morning, Pastor Nelson had the prophetic word. And Sister Patty had the prophetic word and the, the gift of tongues. And it was, come higher. Come higher. I want you to see these verses. The disciples said to him, John and James, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Bradley and Veronica, what do you want? You don't have to say it out loud. What do you want? Ask them. It's going to happen. I say that with confidence. I say that with boldness. And I say that based on what God is stirring inside of my heart. Ask. You say, well, I don't deserve. He, they wanted to be on his right hand and his left hand. And he said, do you? He, they said, God, we want you to do whatever we ask. Michael and Melanie, what do you want? Justin Curry. What do you want for you and Shawnee and little Jean? You can ask him. You can talk to him just like I do. What do you want? If you could ask right now without anybody else seeing the piece of paper because you might say, well, some people might actually laugh at what I write down. Some people might go, oh, he just wants to get this. But what would you ask right now? We just sang the song, Noel, look at what God has done. Pastor Nelson said, the heavens are open. Sister Patty said, God is calling us to come, to come, to come higher and higher and higher. Why does he want us higher? Because he wants to give us, he wants to be with us, he wants to be part of us so much so that when you look at me, you have a hard time distinguishing between David and Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. I want you to see a couple other verses. If you go on in that chapter, in verse 46, he goes, they, they traveled to Jer Jericho, and there's a blind man. And in verse 47, the blind man is crying out, and he says, have mercy on me. I find it amazing that when people are in need, Quite often, that's all they can think about. And I understand that. <laughs> I've seen that in my own life. There's some things that's all I can think about. There's some days that's the only place my mind can go. I can't wrap my head around a whole lot of stuff. I've got a need, and it is driving me, and it is there in front of me 24-7. And if you say, what do you want? Sometimes I miss everything else, and all I want is this. And the blind man saying, have mercy on me. I love how he asked for his mercy. 
I love how he asks for mercy. My wife and I were talking about a verse, I believe it's in Amos, where it says his mercy triumphs over just, just judgment. David said, when, when I believe it was the prophet Nathan confronted him and said, now you have a choice and you have three choices. And there was a choice of man, there was a choice of pestilence, and then there was a choice of following under God's hand. And he says, you know what, I want to fall into God's hand because there might be a chance that he'd be merciful. And he's crying out for mercy. And in verse 51, Jesus answers and he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Right now, right now, if you were to close your eyes, I want everyone here to close your eyes. And literally just between you and God, what do you want me to do for you? I believe that's the question that he wants to ask of you. Take a moment and talk with him. you want what do you want that's not how I was raised I believe there's times when you can go and reach God and it's almost like the protocol changes there was a, a woman who wanted a healing. But she was not Jewish. And she came to get healing and she said, would you heal me? And he says, no, I've been sent to the Jewish people. And she said, yeah, but even dog, and, and he referred to her as a dog. He was insulting, but he was referring to her in the language and in the culture of that time. And he says, it's not meat for me to give bread to the dogs. And she said, yeah, but even dogs eat the crumbs at the table. And he said, you know what? It's going to happen for you. Even though he wasn't sent to her, even though God had said, and Jesus had said, I've been sent to the, to the, to the nation Israel. But he says, no, I'll give it to you. There is something about pursuing after Jesus. There's something about pursuing after God that kind of changes the whole landscape of how you get things. Because we think it has to happen this way and that way, or this way and that way, or this has to happen and then this can happen. And I understand that and I live by that. But I also know that there's something that happens when you come before God and you say, I'll do anything. I want something from you, God. And there's a desperation that 
is inside of you, and all you can think about is having that one issue taken care of. That thing is burning inside of you. You're blind, or you're sick, or your child is sick, and it captivates you. And you come to Jesus, and he says, no, this is the way it has to happen. And you say, I just need, just I'll just take a crumb. Just give me a crumb of what you've got. And all of a sudden, it changed. I believe in protocol. I believe the word of God shows us how to approach. But what happens when you come into the presence of your father, all of a sudden, you're one-on-one with him. And what's really funny about it is he knows what you're thinking anyways. He knows what you're thinking anyways, but you're going, no, I can't ask for that because I would look selfish. And he's sitting in front of you on his throne goes, I know what you want. Well, that's not really spiritual. You know, I don't care if it's not spiritual. My God can take care of that. Come on. Well, I'd like a new car. Well, you can't do that. What do you want? I want my child salvation. I want healing for this. I want that. I think sometimes we just need to learn how to ask crazy. And the best way to do it is to get in front of his face. And the best way to get in front of his face is to come before him, worshiping him, honoring him, singing his praise. And this morning, there is power here. There is power here. I want to read you a few other verses. If you go to John chapter 15, I've got three verses, a couple in 15 and one in 16. And then I'm going to close. And I'd like to sing that song again. Noel, Noel. But if you're in John 15, verse 7, Jesus is talking about how he's the true vine. And we can do nothing without him. Amen? I can do nothing without him. But with him, I can do all things. To me, that's a pretty sweet deal. Without him, I can do nothing. With him, I can do all things. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I have figured out that one is better than the other. John 15, verse 7, he says, If you abide in me, you've got to look at the word if. It's a very powerful word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. So he gives a condition. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. You will ask what you desire. If my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will desire, and it shall be done. Now, I know the closer I get to God, the better my desires become and the more pure they become. 
But it says here, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you desire. What is it that you need this morning? James and John came to him and said, we want you to do whatever we ask. <laughs> That's Bible. That's not David coming up with this idea. His two disciples, James and John, the sons of thunder, they were part of the inner group. They weren't some out side fringe coming up with these crazy ideas. They were two of the guys that were close to him of the three, Peter, James, and John. They were two of them. And they said, we want you to do whatever we ask. And he never said no. He never said no. He said, if you think you can handle it. And they said, we can. And he says, you know what? You're going to have to go through it. And then he says at the end, but it's not up to me to decide. They were willing, whatever you ask. If you go in John 15, verse 16, I, I love this verse. You did not choose me. Salvation is from God. We didn't someday ascend mentally and think, I need you, Jesus. No, he came and he chose you and me. He poured out his life. Yes, I came to realize I have a need, but it's because of what he did. The invitation came from him. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And then he says, and appointed you. Jesus doesn't just want you to be unfruitful. He wants you to be fruitful. He has an appointment for you. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give you. And in that passage, it's all in the context of loving the Father and also understanding that he is no longer calls us servants. The verse before that, he says, the servant doesn't know. He only does what his master says, but he says, but he says, I call you friends. Children, what is it that you would ask God for? Jessica, Amanda. What would you ask Jesus for? He can do it. In fact, he wants to do it. You don't have to be 25. You don't have to have a career. You can be just like you are. And he hears you. Ryan, what do you want from Jesus? And I don't care if it's a PlayStation. He doesn't have a problem with that. Come on. I don't think God has a problem with a PlayStation. Your mom and dad might. But God doesn't. Maybe you say, mom and dad, you've got to be more like God. No, I'm just... <laughs> oh, boy, Adrian's going to talk to me later. What is it? 
What is it? The presence of God here is strong. And he hasn't stopped giving gifts after Jesus was born. That wasn't the last gift that he gave. He's still here to give gifts now. If you turn to John 16, the next chapter. Jesus is giving them a little theological discussion and talking to them about the Holy Spirit and, and how the Holy Spirit's going to come. And, and the Holy Spirit is one and the same. He's not somebody completely different. He is just like God. In fact, He is God. Okay? So when He said, I send you another comforter, it's one of the same. He wasn't, oh, I'm sending you somebody that's different. No, He's sending them God, the representation of God. And Jesus says that I have to go in order to send him, the comforter, the counselor, spirit of truth. And as he's continuing in that discussion, he gets down to verse 23. He says, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he might give you. Pardon me? He might give you? He will. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. In James, I was reading in James this morning, and it says uh, when he's talking about asking from God for wisdom, and he says, if you ask, believe that you receive. With no doubt. If you ask for wisdom, believe you're going to get it. Because you will get it. He says, because if you doubt, you're like the wind or the the waves that get tossed by the wind. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Do not doubt God's word. Don't doubt his word. Figure it out. Search it out. Check it out. And then say, God, your word says this. And it says that when I'm in your presence and I abide in you and your word abides in me, that I can ask whatever I desire. Lord, you had disciples that knew you, that walked with you. And they had the audacity to say, you give us what we want. Do you know my children every once in a while do that? They they don't say, Dad, what would you like to give us? They say, Dad, we have an idea. The initials are DQ. And Dad, we think you're the greatest. And dad, you will do whatever we ask because you love us. And then I walk out the door and I send them a text message. Send me your order. You know why? Because I want them to see an earthly representation of what a father does to his kids. 
Seriously. I want them. I am the best picture to my children of God that they have. You are the best picture to your children of your heavenly father. Now, I don't give them every single thing. There are some things that they're not ready for. The million dollars, I'm working on it. Whatever you ask, what is it that you're asking God for today? We're at the end of the year. I was going to preach on setting goals. I think I'll set that for next week. My goals were averted. I didn't set the right goal. But there's a power of God here this morning. And I'd like to sing that song And I want you to see what God has done. Can you imagine running up and down the street? Look what he's done. Look what he has done. He said he'd do this, and I believed, and I trusted him, and I asked him, and he did it. You too. You're going to start running around because God's going to give you things. And it's going to be like fun because he loves to bless his kids. Don't doubt it. Do not doubt it. I do not doubt what his word says. Healing. I see it happening. Restoration. I see happening. I see people being happy, happy, happy with Jesus. It sure beats being sad, sad, sad. I look forward to coming to church Sunday and people want to testify and we just have to say, you know what? We've had enough. Bring it next week. And next week we get another bunch of people that just want to testify of what God has done. Why? Because we've learned how to ask of Him. In Psalms it says, ask of me the heathen for an inheritance. He says he'll give you above and beyond what you ask or think. Hallelujah. Is there any announcements I need to be aware of, Pastor Daniel? Soup Sunday in two weeks. We need... Seven or eight pots of soup. See Sandra. Offering. Thank you, Alan. As we sing this song, why don't we have the ushers come? We're going to do something a little different. We're going to bring our gifts. And we're going to sing this. And and let me say, if you don't have a gift, I will allow you to come. and, and, And I don't want you to feel bad. Okay? You're not being a hypocrite. No, guys, come. We're going to receive... 
gifts this morning. We're going to do a little, little different. Alan, you stand right here. But if you have your tithe, your gift, and your offering, and you say, well, I could use more, you know what? Ask. That should have got a few more amens. God's not afraid. Amen. Ariana, are you able to come and sing that song? Before we sing it, I'm going to bless the offering. We're going to sing it a couple times, and then you can just dismiss everyone. Heavenly Father, mm. Lord, we come to give you our gifts and our tithes and our offerings. But Lord, we also come to worship you. We come to give you honor, praise, and glory. And Lord, I ask that you would bless this offering. I ask that this year end would be greater than the year beginning. And I ask for an increase that 2016 would even be greater than 2015. Lord, I ask for a blessing financially, also emotionally, spiritually. And Lord, may we represent you the way that your word shows us to. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So as you come and give, we're going to sing this song and then just go back to your seats and Ariana will dismiss us.